Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. I don't know why we need to keep setting this premise up as if it's new, but every week, Dad and I do a bonus episode for you. And effectively, you know, it's sort of listener mail combined with general grievances, combined with random comic tangents. But basically, myself, Paul Verhoeven, and my dad, John Verhoeven, are currently about to talk through some of your emails. Dad, can I kick things off with a question from a guy called Ben Druce? I think it's something that I haven't, I don't know how we haven't actually addressed this on the show before. Hi, guys. Firstly, just want to say how much I enjoy the show. I listen every week driving to and from work. John, having had a parent in the emergency services for some time and hearing some of the stories involved, I was wondering if during your time in the police or fire departments, if you ever responded to a call of someone you or someone on the crew knew. I would love to know how this would be dealt with. My dad was a firefighter in a smaller rural town and had a similar situation. Thanks, Ben. Dad, this is such a no-brainer of a question, but I'm so glad he asked it. So... At any point during your time as a cop or a fiery or hell, even in the funeral industry. Now, let's go with the first two. Did you ever get a call involving or or someone else that you were partnered with get a call involving someone they knew? And how do you deal with that kind of thing? Remember the story of the witch? Yes. We haven't covered that yet, have we? Not well, no. I mean, it's been talked about at a couple of our live shows and we had to turn the mic off for that. And... Mm. It's sort of the big focal point case at the tail end of loose units, but mm. okay. Well, look, just let me just just as a, as a micro teaser, and let's just say that when I was involved in that particular case, um, <clears throat> her father was a police officer. Do you recall that? No. Mm. So the 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 father of the woman who was mm. at the centre of the witch mm. story, yep. Uh, was it was a cop? Correct. You know, when you're a police officer or a fiery and you rock up to a to a job, it'd be like rocking up to a. Um, look, there've been numerous cases over the years. There've been so many cases. The worst case scenario, of course, is the first responder rocking up to a, a fatality, like a multiple car accident, mm-hmm. and one of their children. Um, I worked with a, a very senior firefighter. I guess I'd like to say that as a senior officer in the New South Wales Fire Brigades, he was um, he was not particularly liked. He was um, he was just not a particularly nice guy. No, no, and he he just had a style of management that was look. He was just a completely um, he was just unpleasant mm. on pretty well every level, and and no one really liked him. And then 
I found out that he'd been the first responder when he was a uh, firefighter, like a junior fireman. Mm. And um, he went to a fatality uh, where there was a car alight and his daughter was inside the car. No. And she burnt to death. Um, and he was a first responder. Oh, fuck. So that's pretty bad. And then there have been cases. There was a, um ambulance officer, paramedic on the northern beaches a few years ago. And he went to a terrible uh, hang gliding accident. And it was his daughter. So, and particularly in country towns, Paul, where where they're very tight-knit communities across Australia and pretty well across the world, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And it's the first responders are generally from that town. Like my Danish running uh, friend, his daughter is a paramedic in a country town in New South Wales. So now, she, pr- yeah, yeah. I mean, she invariably gets to go to some really bad, bad stuff like fires, motor vehicle accidents, you know, pedestrians knocked down, shooting, stabbings, domestics, the whole gamut of bad shit that requires intensive care paramedics. And, you know, she's going to be a first responder. And if you're in a small country town, then the chances are very, very high that you may, A, know the the perpetrator or the offender Mm -hmm. or one of the victims. It's just... It's messed up and bad, and and look, it just it's su- such a very interesting question. But imagine this, on a sort of a fairly minor note. Imagine you go to a noise complaint, and they've had numerous complaints. It's completely out of control. Numerous police cars rock up. It's a shit fight. You get there, and guess who is in charge of the party? A police officer. Mm. I mean, what? I've been in these situations. And quite frankly, Paul, it really tests the metal. It's it's a terrible, terrible situation to be in. Um, so that's at one end of the spectrum. Um, you've never you've never received a call specifically, and you know, gone to a whatever, and someone you know has been involved. Look, I'd need to give that some thought and come back uh, because you know we're we're it's we're sort of spanning twenty years, aren't we? So, oh, shit, that's true. You know, yeah, that's right. So I need to kind of really things will come to me as they do, um, mm. and I'll make sure that I bring it up um, in the next podcast. Okay, well, look, have a think. But in the meantime, you told me that you have what is effectively a. I mean, you said the words ghost story because I know a couple of weeks ago we put a call out and basically said, "Look, if you have any spooky stories involving police or fires or whatever, shoot them through," and you've received one um now would you mind if i read you this story and we can kind of talk through it a little bit no no yeah go for it great here we go this is from who is this from sean uh this is from sean my interaction with the supernatural late 1990s out of the defense force and living in western sydney with family minchinbury right next door to pine grove cemetery i had a digital clock at the end of my bed and for some reason i woke up to check the time My eyes could not focus on the display, and there at the end of my bed, I saw an aura of an old man. I rubbed my eyes and checked again, most definitely there. In the morning, I told my niece, approximately 13 or 14 years of age, she has woken up to see a little girl going through her jewellery box. So, I mean, when you worked at the the funeral home, did you ever see any kind of stuff like this? Did you? And 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 do you think it's plausible that someone who lives near near a cemetery could, you know? see stuff like that Mm. well there are only two um i've got to be very honest with you and the writer the first part of the story i found 
extremely plausible. And then, unfortunately, the police, my police mode kicked in. And oh, right, I then right. thought there was the girl who was just basically doing a break and enter. Um, <laughs> you know, opportunistic crime. I mean, that's, right, that's right. sad to think that my brain defaults to a crime. It's interesting that they both experienced something on the same night and they do live near a cemetery. You know, I've always found cemeteries very, very calming, relaxing. Um, The only time in my life I've definitely seen something so incredible was that time when I was probably eight in Armadale when the sun was going down and I was hanging um, high above this kind of water well because I used to do things like that just for fun and I saw an Aboriginal boy sort of basically floating beneath me. Like, that was incredible. And here am I more than 50 years later, and I can remember it incredibly clearly. And I knew at the time that it was something definitely supernatural. And if I, if I think about it sitting here, I can, I can just be there. And so, yes, I, I don't dismiss, and I know that there are lots of people out there and some very famous people um, that have spent their lives disproving all this stuff. You know, it's it's fascinating. I Look, it's a mystery. I remember when I was a young boy and I was sleeping at a friend's house. I was probably seven or eight years old and I was having a dream about Indians, North American Indians. And there was a chief that had this massive headdress on, which is a recurring theme, Paul, in that terrible time I was given those drugs on the train. And um, I I remember my father, he was basically, he'd raised his arm, but the silhouette of him raising his arm to basically tell me to be quiet because I was having a bit of a, like, like a sort of a bad dream. And mm. when I woke up and looked, I didn't know it was my father, but... The, the way he had his hand above his head looked like the American headdress that they'd wear with all the feathers. So can you imagine having a dream about something, you wake up and then you actually see that person from your dream physically manifested in front of you. And, and it was real. He, my father was there, but for that moment in time, I thought he was the Indian. Am I making sense? Have I gone off on a tangent? No, no. I mean, it is a welcome tangent. I just find it interesting. I mean, how much of this is the kind of half-asleep delirium Mm. and how much of it is, you know... I know, I know. What about those times um, when you wake up, particularly when you're travelling overseas, you're in a hotel Mm. and you wake up, you have got absolutely zero idea where you are and it can take many, many seconds. Oh, for us, it's, it's... it's happened to me a lot when I move house for about the first week, I'll wake up in the other room and as the kind of haze clears, the room morphs into the new room. Incredible. And I, you know, there's, there's a window where there shouldn't be and yeah. It's incredible. Now, it is. Now, you dropped a bit of a teaser for me and you... <laughs> One of the things that keeps coming up, especially in going through loose units, is that you went to Redfern Police Academy and you were part of a class. You know, it was basically... Hogwarts for cops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how many years ago were you uh, at the academy, Dad? Well, this year, 
Mm. It's 40 years. Wow. And I sometimes, you know, I can remember um, all my class. I was talking to Christine about an hour ago because something really exciting, listeners. In fact, it's funny because I've never really been into reunions. Um, They kind of freak me out a little bit uh, on many levels. Mm. Um, And I guess from a very, very personal sort of heartfelt and very open and honest thing that I'm about to say, and that is that, you know, people age. And I kind of feel weird because I can remember every single person in my class. So we're in class 171 at the Redfern Police Academy. And, you know, um, it was... It was 1981, and all the listeners and readers, they've, they've been along for the journey. But a few weeks ago, um, a girl, a girl that was in my class called Sue mm-hmm. Whitfield, Sue Whitfield, mm-hmm. she wrote to me and said, John, we're having a reunion. It's been 40 years, and <clears throat> I experienced the gamut of emotions. Uh, so some days I just thought, you know what, I, I don't want to do it. And then other days I'd thought, I think, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Then I started to, to get all my sort of sort of um, thoughts and feelings compartmentalized in, in sort of in, in, into, into good order that would make good sense to me. And I sort of toing and froing. And then I thought, hang on a sec, what am I thinking? This, we are talking, we are loose units. We, the, the two books you've written and other things that we can't discuss that are happening, the live shows... Mm-hmm. Here is an opportunity for me to go back and see people from my class. And um, so I sent the money off this morning to Sue, put it into her police bank account. Hang on. Is she still with the police? And I've got no idea. Okay. Okay. But there are, there are 176 people in class 171. Wait. So, what? Oh, this is so much to unpack here. Okay. So... I'll wager, and I'm pretty comfortable wagering this, that you are the only, that you are the only police officer, probably, <laughs> I'd say you're the only police officer in New South Wales, or maybe ever, to have their son write a series of books about them, uh, and then to do a podcast about it. I don't want you strutting in there going, hey, it's me. Paul. That's right. <clears throat> you're so funny. You are, <clears throat> you are so funny when you do that, that kind of a voice caricature, which you know, I, th- I think it's sweet, and I know you default to that. Um, to to, but it kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird listening to it. Hang on, do do you find it offensive? Not offensive, it, but um, I kind of I inaccurate. I, look, I don't know. I I look. It's I don't know, but it's funny. But no, I, that 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 version of John is not as well spoken as the real John. But mm. one thing I will say is, if you find it slightly galling, the notion of yourself behaving like that. You've walked into bookshops and signed books, uh, signed copies of Loose Units, and you're not the author. You just walk in and sign the books. And that's a very charming thing to do, but it's also very John. So what I'm saying is, what is the what? how are you going to assert yourself? I'm not going to assert myself, mate. I promise no. you, I've thought long and hard about this. It's in, it's in a, I'll, I'll be sure and we'll do a whole <laughs> podcast hopefully afterwards, but... You know, take a, no, no. Take a take a dictaphone. Take a take no, a dictaphone. No, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm. I feel, and I'm, and I'm, I'm gonna go. I look. This might come as a surprise to you, Paul. <laughs> mm. But 
I, in fact, I told this, what I'm about to tell you to Christine this morning. I said, look, you know, I'm a very kind of, I actually am a fairly private person. And I actually said to Christine, I said, well, look, would you like to come to the reunion? And she said, no. Um, Why not? Because she doesn't want to. And yeah, but she should. She's not I mean, going. She... she doesn't want to go. It's 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 a Saturday Arvo Tootle six, I think, and um, she has no desire to go. And I certainly, I mean, I went to a few of her reunions, might I say, on record, uh-huh. and they were crap. And they were look. I hate reunions, but I'm feeling, looking at some of the names, like these are some of the people in the book, Paul, like really interesting people. They are going uh-huh. to be there. And and I'm not going to talk about loose units un- unless people talk to me about it first. You know, I don't want to go in there and just. Com- although I must, although I must admit, I think I'm uh-huh. going to take a copy of both books. <laughs> I am actually, but that's only well, if what, I'm. You know, I mean, it's great. I mean, why, now why? What, what, what no, end, just in case. To what end? Someone says, okay. "Oh," and I can go, "Yeah, here, here it is." Um, but it's it's interesting and fascinating. But I but I'm sort of. Look, people tend to build things up in their minds. And, mm. you know, I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting experience. Um, but that, that thing about, I remember every single person in my class, but I remember them how they looked when they were in their early 20s, late teens. Uh-huh. Isn't that weird? I have not seen them since. So when you meet them, all of a sudden you've, they've aged 40 years. I mean, that's kind of, but so have I. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting. I, I'm feeling um, excited and nervous about it, and and, and I'd right. like to see how many people there actually know about loose units. I think that'll Do be. Do you want me to go with you? <laughs> would it be weird if your son came? Well, with that you? would be super weird. And thank you, but no, thank you. That would. Oh, and I was. I just thought it'd be. I you're mean, very sweet, look, Paul. But I, that that would just be weird. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, God, I you're thought, funny. What? I could look if mum's not gonna go, mum, who you met on the force and who went to that academy and who was a cop and who is your wife doesn't want to go, then what I'll do is let's just go as a pantomime horse version of a police officer, oh, right? God, so you're you st- funny. You sit on my shoulders, right? You put a huge trench coat on and a fake mustache, and I'll just sort of <laughs> just sort of <laughs> poke my head Paul, out occasionally. Look, there yeah. is look, it's gonna be fascinating. And and, and on a on a kind of a similar note. Mm. Um, a few nights ago, and yes. I was so excited that I called you straight away. I got a message on Instagram from a particular woman, and she said, "Can you figure out who I am?" And I could, so I wrote back something very, very cryptic um, that very few people will know what m- means, but people know her as Sue. Um, so I wrote back something very, very cryptic that kind of she'd understand and she wrote back saying affirmative and she's ordered the book, your book, Loose Units, and she heard about Loose Units and the podcast through her daughter. And when the daughter was telling Sue about Loose Units and Sue's kind of role within the whole scenario, according to Sue, the mother who's in the book, her daughter started crying. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I kind of started to think, and I've been thinking about this over the last few days, uh-huh. and I'm thinking that, it's possible uh, we are actually going to meet up with Sue and her husband and they want to meet Christine and myself because she was in Christine's class and, we're, and they want us to sign the book. Isn't that lovely? But I started to think about this, Paul, and a part of my, my brain went to a place where the hypothesis that I um, came to was that mm-hmm. it's possible... And quite possible that the daughter, the daughter Sue's daughter, is reading things about her mum that she she'd never been told. Isn't that amazing? Think, so, I mean, what's crazy about this for me, apart from basically everything, is that Sue reached out to me as well and basically sent me some photos of herself on the force and said, "Hi, Paul. Had the pleasure of listening to your podcast today. John was sued. John was sued. I loved it. I am Sue." Smiley face. Please pass these pictures on to John for me. And it's a picture of her and her husband back then and now and her in uniform. It's remarkable how much she looks like. I mean, it must be weird to be listening to a podcast and then realizing that actually there's a woman in there who is your mum. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, want, I wonder how many other people who are... Because Sue's one of the few characters we didn't change the name of because she is a good guy. You know what I mean? Like she, she is depicted very positively. We, I didn't have to change anything about her in the book. Every character in the book is based on someone real. So there's a lot of kind of things where I've taken liberties deliberately to kind of turn it into basically an adventure story, right? So I've 
these are characters based on real people. Sue in the book, I think is pretty close to the Sue that you told me about. I'd be curious to hear from Sue and see what she thinks when, you know, the Sue in the book does anything even remarkably different. This is a process you are very familiar with. I mm. mean, you have become used to the idea that John in the books will do things that John in real life will say things uh, that you wouldn't do. But for Sue, it must be it must be weird, mm. right? Amazing. And, and it's, I'm so... I want to sort of dig deeper with Sue yeah. when we meet them and find out about how her daughter, mm. sort of with some pretty good detective work, actually drill down and realize that it actually was about her mum and I think it's a, I think it's quite extraordinary and when I got the message a few nights ago I was you know I was well I was really quite affected by it you know in a good mm. way it was very touching and think about all yeah. the people out there that that know and hear and live and see and and ex- experience things to do with everything we've been doing over the last few years Paul and have never they just keep it to themselves it, it it it's extraordinary. Do you think anyone else in the book has read the book? Undo- or books, undoubtedly, sorry. Undoubtedly. Okay. Without a doubt. Right. Um, 100%. So anyway, look, the, re- the reunion is going to be um, pretty exciting, but I, I can promise the listeners I shall um, endeavour to keep a low profile at the reunion, even though Christine did actually do a scene from The Exorcist when I told her that. I.e., her eyes rolled into the back of her head, uh huh, um, because she knows. Didn't me believe all. it for a moment. Didn't yeah. believe it for a second. And I try and think that that's how I am, but I am also aware that, you know, I'm like a, a, a clock. You wind it up, and then it runs for a long time. And it's like I just, you know, I do kind of try and go in. Um, having said that, um, I. I'm, I don't think I'm a, a reunion type person. I will, I will never, and would never, ever go to a school reunion ever. Um, I've been yeah. invited so many times, and and quite frankly, the thought of it actually I find on so many levels upsetting. I um I also have thought of another way in which you are like a clock. You have one freakishly big hand and one freakishly small hand. I don't even understand. What that means? Because I'm trying I, to give give <laughs> listeners a, a visualize Paul, you with one arm that is half as long that's as the other. Absolutely, that's well, it's absurd. Yeah, uh, I have one other thing I'd like to raise with you. There is a bit of a running theme, Dad, that I don't know how to drive, and that you tried teaching me, and that I was very difficult to teach to drive, and that's where we're at right now. And a few listeners have reached out and basically said, look, I'm an adult, I don't drive either, buck up, Paul, but most people have roundly mocked me. Well, it was Tegan's birthday a little while ago, and on the weekend just passed, I surprised Tegan by taking her out west and to a massive outdoor go-karting course, and these things were going 75k an hour. This was not, I mean, this was way more intense than we'd actually bargained for. We didn't need licenses for some reason, so I'm not going to name the venue. But long story short, myself, a non-driver, was basically just hooning around full speed. And let me tell you something. I really enjoyed it. I I know it's not driving driving, but to go from zero driving experience to driving a go-kart at 75k an hour. um, I think it was about 25 drivers on the course. People were driving very aggressively and it was outdoors, so it it was a very big course. 
and I think Tegan even attested to the fact that I I drove pretty well. Um, my first course, I went about 50 seconds. And then the second, I managed to shave it down to about 45, I think. Uh, <clears throat> there's I, no, there's I no reason, Paul, why you shouldn't be a good driver at all. There's just no reason. But I, I don't, um, think, I don't yeah. think it's essential to go through life and be able to drive. There are situations, um, as, as I've touched on before, if you're in a remote location and something happens and you, for example, if you and Tegan are heading bush like way out in the middle of Shitsville... And then all of a sudden something happens to Tegan, like there's a medical emergency, there's no phone contact, and you've got to get her to the nearest hospital. What are you going to do? Yeah. Put her on my go-kart. Two pedals. Broom, broom. Mm. I mean, if I have a... Honestly, if cars had a go and a stop and bumpers on the side, first of all, it'd make driving a lot more fun. Secondly, uh, yeah, I could absolutely do that. Mm. I mean... You don't really... What I was hoping... Sorry. No, I was just, I was hoping for something a little more. Oh, you drove. Well done. How'd it feel? But, uh, you know, I mean, hmm. no, are but you Paul, surprised I, I, that I was. Well, we were teaching it how to, how to drive and then you were, you were competent. And for some reason or other, you just, something came up and you just decided not to follow through. But look, it's not the be all and end all. I mean, plenty of people don't have licenses. And quite frankly, if I lived in, well, I do, if I lived in a major city and didn't have, I mean, I need to drive. That's part, mm. That's my job. But. If you're an office worker um, or close to work or you're living in a, a major sort of, you know, capital city, there's no desire, no need to have a, a car. Hence, would you, yeah. Yeah, would, would you, Dad, would you consider go-karting Definitely. with me? I'd love to. Yeah? Yep. I'd love you, to. You 100%. think you'd win? I don't. I've got no idea. I mean, you. Replace a, we replace we, a small <clears throat> wager. No, because we, we went to a shooting range, Paul, and you outshot me. So right. you know you, you've got a few talents. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> I um, shoot your tires out. But Paul also, uh, maybe in finishing, I could just read this message from a lovely uh, listener. Is that okay? Please, please. So do. Um, <clears throat> got a message a few days ago. I shall re repeat the the message verbatim. Um, a preface to this message from this particular guy is that we touched on those young boys that went to found themselves in Egypt and went on to Gallipoli in the First World War. We touched on that last week, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy wrote in, he says, um, just finished listening to today's episode, brilliant as usual. Thought you might be interested in this. My beloved great uncle, grandfather's brother, was Alec Campbell, known to be the last surviving Anzac. He died in 2002 at the age of 103, by which time his time in Egypt and Turkey was but a dim memory. His parents signed a letter allowing him to sign up when he was 15 years of age. Can you imagine? And he was 16 when he arrived in Gallipoli. And the lovely writer has also attached two photographs, colour photos, Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we could put them up on the Facebook page. Uh, the first photograph is of the uh, of the fifteen slash sixteen year old um, Alec, and the second photo is Alec when he's one hundred and three with his medals. I'll tell you what; they're powerful images. That's so crazy. I, you know, I just I can you you know as a parent, um, I'm just trying to think what it would be like for the parents with their pleading son to say, look, mum and dad. And the parents also are aware. You know, they've received the call. It's, it's, it's in the press. 
and they sign sort of a letter to say <clears throat> giving you know giving permission for their then 15 year old son you filled out permission slips but never for anything no i mean jesus I just, christ look but it's, it's it's intense isn't it and another message you wrote i've listened to all your podcasts and have many times been reduced to tears of laughter often whilst being simultaneously horrified but your retelling of your trumpet on the cruise ship story had me in actual hysterics. Thanks. I needed some cheering up today. So I don't know what this person does. Thanks, everyone. What a weird episode. But thank you so much for listening. We hope you're all doing really, really well. And we will see you first thing next week for more Loose Units. Have a great weekend and we'll see you then. Bye. Cheerio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.